Uh, well, how many of you guys excited to be at church tonight? Yeah? Come on. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Daniel. I get to be part of the team here, and uh, I lead in the Next Gen Ministries. And from time to time, I get to teach, and I'm just really excited by that, and I'm really uh, grateful for the opportunity. But uh, how many of you guys know that the Spirit of God is moving in this place? Like, there's just a, a special presence of God, and, and it's just an amazing time to be a part of church right now. So I'm excited for the word tonight. I, I'm going to teach on, uh, specifically if you're taking notes, steps towards honor. Steps towards I want to talk a little bit about honor tonight, what that means and uh, how do we apply that in our lives and why that is important to us. So uh, if you have your Bibles with you, open to Mark chapter 6. If you don't, no worries. We have it up here on the screen for you. Mark chapter 6. Uh, Verse 1 says, then he went out, we're talking about Jesus, he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these sayings? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And and when you hear that, uh, when you understand the context, you almost hear this and you read it like like a, a, a gossipy, like, isn't this the son of Mary, the brother of James? Like, who? we know this guy. We know where he's from. And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Verse 4, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there. I have that underlined in my Bible. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in circuit teaching. I want us to notice a few things about this passage right here. Number one is this, that Jesus was not lacking in gifting and ability. Like he was not lacking in competency. The Bible says that they were astonished. They were amazed at his wisdom. They were amazed at his teachings. They were amazed in what the works, some of the mighty works that he had been known for and that he was doing. And so it wasn't really a matter of a lack of gifting or a lack of competency, a lack of ability. Jesus had it. Jesus was anointed. It was pretty obvious to them that this this man was different. I want us to notice another thing that they were familiar with who Jesus was, and this familiarity hindered their honor towards Jesus. I don't think that being familiar with someone makes it impossible, but I think it makes things a little more difficult. Another thing I want us to notice is that Jesus knew That he was not honored. Jesus knew when he was honored. And Jesus knew when he wasn't honored. I've been in places, I've been in front of some people that, you know, you can feel that. You can feel whether, you know, you're honored or not. You can feel like what's inside of you being hindered from giving and being able to share and impart. Uh, Another thing that we notice here is dishonor limited the blessings from God that was intended for these people of Jesus' hometown. And here's the last thing here that I want to point out with this, with this passage is that unbelief took over their hearts. The Bible says Jesus marveled of their own unbelief. There's two times where Jesus is amazed or where he's marveled and both of them have to do with faith or the lack of faith. In this case, it's their unbelief. Uh, it's been said about this passage 
that they treated him as if he was not anointed, and he was not anointed for them. They treated Jesus as if he was not anointed, and he was not anointed for them. I don't know about you, but if I know that Jesus has some mighty works for me, and Jesus also has by his grace a few things that he can do to help me out. As like when we notice here, it says that uh, he couldn't do any mighty works, but he healed some sick. I don't know about you, but if I have the mighty works package and the few sick package, I want the mighty works package. I don't know about you guys. How about you? You want the mighty works package? You know what that word mighty means? It's the Greek word dunamis. You study the Bible a little bit, or if you heard a little bit about the Bible, you're gonna you're gonna know that it's the same word that is used in Acts chapter one verse eight, where Jesus said, "You shall receive dunamis. You shall receive power when the Spirit of God has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me." So there's this dunamis power that Jesus had for them. I, I want that dunamis power. I want that dunamis power for my life. I want that dunamis power for my family. I want that dunamis power for our church. You know, as has been stated, we feel like God's moving in this place. I mean, just, uh, just over the weekend, we had an amazing youth conference where there was almost 800 students in this place encountering Jesus and being able to, to, to do some things they hadn't been able to do in a long time. And it was just an amazing thing to be able to celebrate what God is doing in this place. It's an amazing thing to be able to partner with Jesus and to be able to receive that part of what he has for us. But somehow there's a disconnect between the blessing of God and our honor. Sometimes there's a, there's a gap between the two. And, and you might say, yeah, but I got faith. I'm good. I got faith. I got mountain moving faith. I know how to speak the Bible. And to that, I would say that is amazing. But you need to know that dishonor introduces unbelief. And unbelief can hinder your faith. Unbelief can hinder our faith. And so I would say that honor is kind of a big deal. Honor is a big deal when it comes to what Jesus wants to do in our lives and what Jesus has in store for us. So I want to break this down for us tonight. I want us uh, to be able to teach and, and really learn how to apply this and what does this look like. So, uh, again, steps towards honor. Here's step number one is we have to acknowledge. We have to acknowledge that, that, that honor is important and we have to acknowledge who we are to honor. Romans chapter 13 Verse 7, it says, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. And when you read this scripture, it introduces the question, well, who are we to honor? Who is it that honor is due? And, and I have a list that I want to share with you, but before I do... I feel like this list can give us an answer to this question, but I want to share this scripture and make this statement about who we are to honor. In John chapter 13, Jesus is talking. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me or his father. Jesus is saying, he who receives whom I have sent receives me. And if you receive me, then you receive the Father. I think when we read this scripture in Mark 6 and we put ourselves in maybe the place of the, of the people of Jesus' hometown, we say, man, if Jesus was in front of us, if Jesus was up here teaching and we're astonished by his teachings and we see the wisdom that's coming from his mouth, I don't think I would act like those guys in Jesus' hometown. 
Man, I would, I would be all over that. Man, I would, I would be ready. I would be receptive. I would be ready to receive from Jesus. I would totally honor him. But here's the reality, guys. Jesus is not here, and he's not here by his choice. Jesus said, I have to go, but when I go, I send my spirit. Jesus is in heaven. He is interceding for us as we speak. He is at the right hand of the Father. And because he is there, it doesn't mean that we, are, we cannot honor him. Because according to the scripture, he says, if you receive, if you accept, if you open your heart to, if you respect and if you honor those who I have sent, then you are honoring me. And ultimately, you're honoring God the Father. So here's a statement I want to make. You and I do not get to pick and choose who we get to honor. We do not get to decide who gets honor and who doesn't. But according to the scripture, Jesus said, if you, sent, if you receive those who I have sent, then you receive me. We are to honor God's sent ones, and we are to honor God's appointed positions for our lives. So I'm going to have these guys throw this list up, and I just want to go through this uh, as, we, as we proceed here. So just in that order there, we are to honor God's word. Uh, according to the Bible... Jesus is the word, and the word is Jesus. And when we honor God's word, we're honoring Jesus. Next to each of one of these things, I, I have just a reference there for you as, as we study. But James 1 talks about receiving with, with meekness or humility the word of God that's able to save your souls. We are to honor the word of God. We are to honor the Holy Spirit. Um, the Spirit of God, 1 Thessalonians 5.19 talks about not quenching the Holy Spirit. And in the Amplified ver uh, Version, it says, do not be unresponsive to the moving and to what the Holy Spirit has for your life. Do not be unresponsive to the Spirit of God. We are to honor our father and mother. And Ephesians 6 talks about that. says that that's the commandment. With, uh, with the promise attached to it, the first commandment with the promise. And that, by the way, that promise says that it shall go well for you and you shall live a long life. How many guys want it to go well with you? And, live a lot? and you know that you can still honor your father and mother even as an adult? We are to honor our spouse, Ephesians 5, our husband and our wife. It talks a little bit about how we're to treat each other. We are to honor ministry gifts. First Timothy talks about that. The gifts that, that Jesus has appointed in the church, the ministry positions, the gifts that, that we have. We are to honor the gift that's in front of us, before us, and we are to honor the gift that's inside of us from the Holy Spirit. Think about that for a second. We're to honor civil authorities. We're to honor employer and employees. And ultimately, Jesus, uh, the Bible says that we are to honor one another, one another. It says, honor all people, love the brotherhood, and I would add, love the sisterhood, fear God, and honor the king. We are to honor all people. And so honor is the key to release what is within them to benefit us. Honor is the key that releases what's within God sent ones, God's appointed positions for our lives to benefit our lives, to bless our lives. When you acknowledge the word of God, it has the power to release what's within it to bless your life. When you honor the Holy Spirit, you, you are given place for the Holy Spirit 
to be able to release what the Spirit of God has for you for your life. When you honor your spouse, when you honor uh, the, the ministry gifts, when you honor your employer, there is, there is a God-given grace over each one of these people in your life, in our lives, in, in the positions before us, that is graced by God that only by honor releases what is within them to benefit us. So no, step number one is we are to acknowledge. Step number two, we are to give place to what is being said. Give place to what is being said. If you think about it, each thing that I mentioned, each thing that we went through has a voice. The Word of God has a voice. How many of you guys know that the Word of God, the Bible, is not just a documentation of history? It is, it is living. It is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to penetrate. It is able to divide. It is alive. It is able to breathe life. And even if you don't comprehend it with your, with your mind, when you speak the Word of God, it does not return void. Because it has a voice. Because in that voice is Jesus. How I many you know that the Holy Spirit has a voice? The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a ghost. He's not a thing. So many times something told us, well, something has a name, and his name is the Holy Spirit. And if you're old school, you might say the Holy Ghost. Your mother, your father, they have a voice. You as mothers and fathers, you have a voice. Your spouse has a voice. Each thing listed has a voice. And to be able to honor, to be able to eventually honor, it's not enough to just acknowledge that they are given by God. But we have to give space to their voice. And human nature has tendency to disregard something said so quickly. And especially now, when we have information and everything at the tips of our fingers and we are able to go and study and become an expert, we just, it's, it's a human nature to shut down the voices of what God has placed before us that, are, that we are to give honor to. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I got to teach at, in the youth group on a Wednesday night. And Wednesday night is just a, a fun time. It's pretty packed. And we got a lot of students here that are from our church and a lot of students who are not from our church that get to come. And it's just, it's just a fun time. And I got to teach. And I, I taught on the, on the subject of uh, the, the principle of the path. And just talked a little bit about how we're on a path in life. And uh, uh, I, I use this, this scripture in Proverbs 7 to illustrate it. And, and I believe it, it gives us an example here. So in Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6, it says, For at the window of my house I look through my lattice. Not lettuce, lattice. And the, <laughs> lattice is a screen. If you don't know what that means, it's, a, it's, bas- it's like a screen. Not like, a, like what we use today in, in, in front of our window or at the window. And I saw among the simple. Another word for simple is naive. And I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding or lacking understanding. Passing along the street corner to her corner... And he took the path to her house. Now, you don't have to be a theologian to know this is probably not going to end good. <laughs> it's a young dude. He lacks understanding. He's naive. And he's on a path to this girl's house. And, and really, this, the context of this story is, is of a fatherly role. In the beginning, it says, my son, pay attention to my words. And he gives this illustration of a young man on a path. And what I did with the youth group is I had somebody come up and 
I, I had him, you know, go f- walk from here to there. And I said, I said, dude, you got to give me your coolest walk that you can come up with. He says, I bet. That means, all right, I got this. That's what that means, by the way. And he, he did this, like, cool little, I'm not even going to try to do it, but he just did this cool little walk. And as he's walking, I had the sound man play some really cool music. Okay? And he was feeling it. And at the end, you know, there was just a stack of chairs, and it was just, you know, to illustrate that it was not a good end. It was just a bad end. But in his head, in this young man's head, when I read this, that's what I picture. I picture this young dude, maybe he's got some headphones, and he's just kind of walking to the rhythm of his beat. There is no problem in his life. He sees nothing wrong with this. This is something that he thinks is fine. It's good. It's, uh, it's something that I desire, and it's all good. And I believe that's a snare of the enemy. And here's the snare. It's that he makes you believe that all is well because you have taken a few steps and you have not encountered the fullness of the consequences of that path. How many of you guys know that our young people need to hear that? How many know that we need to hear that? <laughs> and so I backed them up. I said, rewind, back up. You're cool. Okay. Do that same walk, but this time, let's hear what's in the the headphones of the father that's up here that sees a lot more than what you can see. And so he did this cool walk again, and instead of that cool beat, it was the theme music to Jaws. I said, keep walking cool, dude, (laughs) because here's the thing. The father... The difference is this. You know, you can say experience, you can say wisdom, but it comes down to this. The father that's up in the window looking through the lattice can see a lot further than what the kid can see. He can see, he can see the destination. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 7, verse 22, it says, immediately, talking of the young man, immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter. By the way, the context of this is the woman of adultery. As an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till an arrow struck his liver, as a bird hastens to the snare, he did not know it would cost him his life. He did not know it would cost him his life. There's a gap between the father and the son. And and, and here's what it says. And right after that verse, in verse 24, this is what what, what he says. Solomon, the writer of this this proverb, turns it around. He gets out of the story and he says, all right, let me talk to you guys. He says, now therefore, listen to me, my children, and pay attention to the words of my mouth. It is impossible to honor if you are not willing to accept some room from what's being spoken and what's being said. We cannot honor unless we give place to what is being said. He said, pay attention, listen to me. We fail to honor the word of God when we do not allow the word of God to speak to us. We fail to honor the Holy Spirit when the Spirit of God is speaking and we choose to not listen to his voice. How many of you guys can, can relate to that? How many of you guys can just think a little bit of how many times you look back and you know, oh, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. I knew it. I can, I, I can share with you how many times that has been the case. And I can share with you that even in one specific circumstance, um, when Anna was visiting a friend, my wife Anna, where the Holy Spirit spoke to her and, and basically said that she, was, she needed to leave and, and it literally saved her life. 
Because we give place to what's being said. He convicts us and he guides us into all truth. We fail to honor when we don't give space from what's being taught from the ministry gifts. In Jeremiah 3 verse 15, it says, And he will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. How many of you guys can use some knowledge and understanding in your life? That's honoring the ministry gift that's, that's before you. And how about 1 Timothy verse 4? It says, do not neglect the gift that is inside of you. Paul is telling Timothy, he's saying, do not neglect the gift that's inside of you. There are some spiritual gifts in this room that, that cannot continue going on being neglected. There's some of you that have a gift to pray and intercede that you got to start praying. you gotta, you got to amp it up. There's some of you that have a gift of giving that you got to start amping up. There's some of you that have a gift of serving. There's some of you that have a gift to offer. And God is telling us and reminding us that we are to honor that. We are to give voice. We are to give place to that. And it's not, it, it, we can't like code it with just, oh, I'm not good enough. It's, no, there's, there is an honor there that you give to God when you acknowledge and when you give room to what God has placed inside of you. How many of you guys know that God knows more than you? And God knows more than me? And he made you for a purpose and for a time just, just like this that he's ready to use if only we would just surrender and yield to what he is doing. We fail to honor when we do not value the voice of our spouse. You can pause right there, long dramatic pause. <laughs> you know, I, I think you know, that's a tough one because we're familiar with our spouses. You know, we know where our spouses come from. I, I know his mother. <laughs> I know his father or her father or whatever. It's like going back to what honor, honor releases the key it is a key to release what is inside of them to benefit me. Well, you're talking about my husband, though? Yeah, he farts. You're talking about my wife? Yeah, she snores. Yeah, but there is a, there is a God-given design. There is a God-given grace upon your spouse that if you were to value the voice of your spouse, that you would yield and you would honor, ultimately honoring God, that would bless and benefit your life. And sometimes that's difficult because it's familiar. And we, we kind of act like Jesus' hometown. You know, when we were first married, Anna and I, I uh, so wanted a motorcycle, like so bad. Like really bad. <laughs> and we were first married and we moved back to Washington State where I'm from for a couple years. And I brought this up to her many times. And every single time she said, I don't have peace about it. And one thing that's good about me and one thing that's bad about me is I can be really determined. Some people call it stubborn. Uh, stubborn. What is determined, right? And I pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, and we talked about it, and she finally knew that I wasn't going to let off, and she said, you know what? You're going to do what you want to do, but just let it be known that I am not in agreement with this. And I'm like, okay. And I went back to it. I saw it was such a good deal, and I bought the motorcycle. Don't judge me. But I bought it. And, of course, I regretted it. And, of course, we lost some money. I had to sell it, you know, within the next year because God called us to move out of state and call us to, to Michigan. And 
Um, I, learned, I learned something that somebody talked to me and talked to us about when we were first married, when we, before we got married, actually. And I learned it. You know, it's one thing to learn it from somebody in, in class, but it's another thing to learn it in, in life, you know. And I learned it in life there, and we continue to learn it. And that is that there is a value that your spouse has, and there is a power of agreement that takes place with you and your spouse, especially when you're making big moves and big decisions, that might cost a lot of money, that might look like relocating, that might look like changing jobs. And that is when you come together and you pray together and you come into agreement together. Even if we were to make the wrong decision, there is grace and there is no room for blame because you honor. And God gives you grace and mercy to do and correct whatever is needed. Step number three, steps to honor. We must seek to understand. Seek to understand. Uh, Daniel chapter 10, verse 10 says, uh, the context is an angel comes and, and visits Daniel and gives him the answer to which he was, he was waiting for. Uh, verse 10, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. We are to, to seek to understand. You know that you and I have the ability and we have the responsibility to set our hearts to understand? And this thing of honor, it is so much how we treat others more than how we are treated. And this thing of honor, it is so much the attitude and the condition of our heart more than anything. And if we do the first two things right, we must do this third step right. And if we can't do this third step, then we stumble in our, on our way to honor. And I feel like this is probably the biggest part where a lot of us will stumble. Because... As soon as we've acknowledged that, as soon as we've made room for that voice, then from whatever that might have been, whatever the advice or the counsel or the direction or whatever the correction, then we have a responsibility to do something with what's being said. And so many times when we disagree or when we don't understand, we don't seek to understand. And what that leads us to is that leads us to start to act again like the hometown of Jesus' place where then we begin to gossip or we begin to speak badly or we begin to reject them. We begin to treat them differently and disrespect them simply because we're confused or simply because there's not an agreement. But we have the ability to understand. We have the ability to seek to understand, excuse me, to set our hearts to understand. And what that looks like is that might be like a conversation. That might look like, uh, uh, whether it's a parent or whether it's um, even the word of God. What do we do with the word of God when we don't understand the word of God? We have the responsibility to seek to understand if we truly want to understand, uh, honor the word of God. There's a conversation that should be had. Mark 4 verse 24 says, and he said to them, be careful with what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be measure and virtue of knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. Are we being careful with what's being said to us from these places and positions that God has sent for our lives? 
Are we being careful with what's being said to us from our spouse? Are we being careful? How are we handling the voice and the truth that's being sent to us from the Holy Spirit and from these other places and positions of authority? We seek to understand. In verse, again, in Daniel verse 10, the angel said, uh, because you have set your heart to understand, humble yourself, your words were heard. You know what that means, your words were heard? You know what that means? That's prayer. That's prayer. Your prayers were heard. Your words were heard. You know, uh, it's said that prayer changes things. Raise your hand if you heard that, that. Prayer changes things. You know what's equally true? Prayer changes you. <laughs> prayer changes me. Um, a few years ago, I I'm, 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 I'm was working in the AV department. And just, you know, I, I, I know that there's some leadership and ministry in me. And um, I had someone approach me who I respect and said, hey, did you notice that there is a position open uh, to be a leader and a pastor over the nursery? And I, I said, yeah, I noticed that. And he said, well, are you going to, you should consider it. I said, you know, uh, I, it's not that I don't like kids, but I just don't think that's for me. I just don't think that's, that's my right thing. And this person began to talk a little bit about what maybe God is speaking to me. And I totally dis- disagreed with the invitation. I didn't accept the invitation to proceed this way. But I learned a principle from my father-in-law who back in the day was on the mission field and met Pastor Duane on the mission field. And Pastor Duane had come up this way. And he called him while my father-in-law was still on the mission field. And he said, hey, I want you to think about coming and helping me here at church. And he said, absolutely not. But because of who Pastor Duane is in his life, because there's a ministry gift there that is to be honored, there's a voice that is valuable there, he took it to prayer. And the moment he took it to prayer, Jesus completely changed his heart. And the grace that he had to be a missionary in Mexico totally lifted for him and his wife. And he came up here. And I learned that principle and I applied it in this case. And I I went to it in prayer and I thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to pray, but I'm going to pray and all is going to be good. I'm going to feel the same way and we're good. At least I prayed about it. (laughs) But I prayed about it and guess what happened? Jesus totally changed my heart. And he totally, like, just radically changed my whole, you know, thought of, of me and my wife and my family being a part of the nursery that, at that level, at that capacity. And I truly believe that if I hadn't sought to understand, if I didn't seek to understand, at least think about it, at least give some time to process and some time to understand and bring it to God about it because of who it was that asked me to consider this. That's honor. Because of it, I can tell you that I wouldn't be the father that I am today. I wouldn't have been able to use the gifts that's inside of me that God had purposed for this. Hadn't I done that? And that's because of honor. You're some seeds that I've sown, that we have invested in, that we are so blessed because of it. And again, I wouldn't be the father or the husband that I am today. What do we do when we, when we do not understand the word of God? Are we so quickly to dismiss it because we don't agree with it, because it doesn't make sense to us? Or do we seek to understand because we believe ultimately in our heart that all scripture is inspired by God. That it is profitable for doctrine and reproof and correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man and the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Is that what we believe in? How do we approach that? How do we, what do we do with the voice of our parents? What do we do with the voice of our employer? What do we do with the voice of one another? 
Let me tell you something that is very important in, in this step when we talk about seeking to understand. There's something that is so needed, and without it, we cannot do it. We cannot honor. And it's in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33. And it says this, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. In order for you to seek to understand, we have to allow room for humility in our hearts. The enemy of honor is pride and arrogance, but with humility it brings honor. It brings honor. Daniel set his heart to understand, and he, what did he do? He humbled himself, and he prayed. And we need to realize that we don't know everything. And just like this young man lacking understanding on the path, thinking that everything is okay, we have to realize that we do not see the whole picture. We do not see the end of the path. And we have to take heed and listen to the voice of wisdom, the voice of truth, the word of God, the Holy Spirit. And many times our spouse, you know how many times, I, I figured this out not too long ago, maybe a couple years ago, and I've been doing it more and more, is that there's so many times when God speaks to me when I talk to Anna. My wife. And I, I realize that whenever I'm like trying to have some wisdom and process something, I'll just talk to her about it. And then it's like the Holy Spirit just kind of just opens the door and it's like opens my eyes. And I'm like, oh, I see it now. And I believe it's because there's some honor there and God is able to do some things. What would have it looked, what would have looked like if Jesus' hometown would have applied these steps? Let's go back to this story here as I wrap up. Jesus comes back, and he comes back and does some mighty works, and, and, and he's teaching, and the, and the hometown is like, whoa, who is this guy? What would it look like if they acknowledged him, and they said, whoa, he is sent by God? What would it look like if they, they paid attention to what he was saying, and they, made, they allowed some room to, for his voice and what he was doing? Even if they knew who he was and where he came from. What would it look like if they sought to understand instead of just completely throwing him out and rejecting what he had to say? You know, in, in Acts chapter 17, Paul is teaching and he comes to um, the church in Thessalonians. And he's teaching and, and he's, he's accepted by some but rejected by a good group. Because of his teachings. And they start to uh, make chaos in the city. And they, 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 they throw out the, the house of Jason because they were keeping, company, they were keeping them company. And, and then the Bible says that right under that, that Paul went down to Berea. And he was teaching the same things. But the Bible says that they had a noble heart. And what did they do? They sought to understand because Paul was teaching the same things, but the Bible says that they looked in the scriptures to see what, if, if what he was teaching was right. And he was able to do some more things there because they sought to understand. I wonder what that would have looked like with Jesus' hometown. I wonder what that would look like with us today. I wonder if the church would stand and, and rise in the level of honor in the midst of what we're living in today. I think I know what would happen. I think the Holy Spirit would even pour out even more. I think you would be even more blessed. And here's the last step here that I want to share with you tonight, and that is uh, that you receive. When you honor somebody, you ultimately receive from them. Think about this. How many parents are in the room? Probably the majority. Don't you feel honored when your child or your children actually take your advice <laughs> and they apply it to their lives and it impacts them. 
don't you feel honored? You know how we honor our pastor? You know, so many people think like, oh, I got to give nice gifts to Pastor Dwayne so I can honor him. No, I think, I mean, I don't want to shut you down. Pastor Dwayne might, you know, be all right with that and Pastor Jeannie. But, you know, that's blessing them. But you want to know how we honor them? We apply what's being taught from his mouth, from his heart. We receive from it. We apply. You know how we honor the word of God? We apply the word of God. That's how we honor Jesus. We receive from them, and eventually we come back and we receive more, and eventually as as that impacts our life, we celebrate that. And we talk about the word, and we talk about our parents, and we talk about our spouse, and we celebrate them because we honor them because of the cycle of, of the steps towards honor we receive from them. And it changes our life and it impacts our lives. I believe as I was studying that, you know, the Lord was just reminding me and showing me that he's just moving. And he's been moving. It's not that he wasn't. But he's just moving more. And I just feel it and I just see it. And I know I'm, I know I'm not the only one. And I believe he's just calling us church to step up in our honor game. To step up in our hearts to honor so we can continue to allow him to do what he wants to do. I want the dunamis power from God. I want the mighty working power of the spirit of God in this place. And I know you do too. And I believe that the key to that is to continue to honor. To honor these things and to honor ultimately God and to honor each other. And I'm just so excited to continue to be a part of what God has called us to do in this place. Let's pray together. Would you right there where you're, where you're sitting just bow your heads and close your eyes. And would you just open your heart to the Lord and just ask the Holy Spirit where he would speak to you about this place of, this thing of honor in your life. Maybe he's, maybe he's just speaking to you and talking to you and showing you something about your spouse or maybe somebody in, your, in the church or maybe even a gift that he's placed inside of you. He's just reminding you tonight, hey, don't neglect that. Honor me by acknowledging that. Put it to use because there's some people who need that. Just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you a second. Jesus, we humble our our hearts to you. We humble ourselves to you, Lord. We thank you for your voice. Holy Spirit, forgive us when we have quenched you, when we haven't listened to your voice. Jesus, we're so grateful to be a part of this wonderful family, this church family. And we're just so excited to be a part of what you're doing in this place. Lord, would you move in us? Would you continue to move in this ministries, in this place? We say, Lord, have your way in us and have your way in this place. We thank you, Jesus. 
we thank you, Lord, for hearing us. Now, in the same feel of prayer, as we continue to keep our eyes closed and our head bowed, I would like to extend an invitation to maybe some that might be here tonight or maybe you're online, that you have not made a decision to follow Jesus. You have not come to God. And I want to invite you, if that's you today, and you say, you know, God's speaking to me, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me, and I want to make that decision. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. You know, so many times we, we, we are so hesitant to do that because we think we're not perfect, we're not clean enough, we're not good enough. And the truth is that you will never be good enough because until you encounter Jesus, he is the only one that can make you good enough. So just as you are, if you're here today or if you're online with us tonight and you have not made that decision to give your heart to God, I want to just go ahead and allow you to do that. So if that's you, with every head bowed and every eyes closed, would you raise your hand nice and high and say, that's me, I want to give my life to God. I want to come to God tonight. I want to give my life to Jesus. Raise your hand nice and high. I want to pray with you. And we want to help you in your, in your spiritual walk. If you're online and you say, that's me, we want to acknowledge that. Would you let us know? And we're going to have people praying for you. Let's go ahead and pray this prayer together. I didn't see any hands here, but maybe there were some people online. So let's go ahead and pray with them together. Let's go ahead and say this together. Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight in Jesus' name. I acknowledge that you died for me and you paid the price of my sins. Tonight, I accept that and I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. I surrender my life to you and I declare that I will live for you from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen.